Alright guys, welcome back. This is Two Catholic Dudes. We have made it to episode number seven. This is part two of our episode on retreats and how to make them awesome. My name is Ryan Klaus. My name is Danny Cleary. And you know it, we are not priests, we are not theologians, we are just two Catholic dudes and we are talking about our faith. Right on. So, you know, before we dive right back into the the, the kind of the meat of, our, of this episode, uh, we have gotten ourselves into some funny antics on retreats, you and me. Um, you know, too, too many the, to remember, really. too many to remember, really. But over the years, a couple of them have just come to mind, uh, recently. I, and I figured we could start off chatting about that. Yeah. Um, the one that came to my mind was, uh, we, most churches on retreats, they do like some sort of blindfolded, um, yeah. Skit, skit, what do you, what would you call it? Um, just activity, ex- activity or experience. Activity. Uh, and, and so uh, the one, I, I think I know what you're talking about. The one that we did on, on that I do on my particular retreat, it, it's more based around the passion of, of, of Christ, um, where they're blindfolded and they kind of hear, um, hear it and, and go through it in a different and guys, way. And this is like the pinnacle of the retreat. Oh, it's the big, it's the big activity. This is um, the most serious uh, it has to be taken seriously yeah. for passion. But you're like, you guys are like, how could something so funny happen? Yeah, we're like leading up. This is the most serious thing, but this is our funny story. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, and so here, let me tell this. Because I was very shorthanded on a retreat one year with people, because I, I have a big production with this activity to make it really authentic and make it really cool for the, for the teens and make it a really intense experience. Yeah. You usually have like 20 peer leaders or something like that to make it all happen. So one year I was shorthanded. Uh, I think somebody got sick or whatever. And so at the end of the, it it was, like I said, it's based around the passion. So at the end of the, of this passion activity, uh, there's lines and scripts that you have to read where, uh, multiple people were needed at the top, and I'm, I've all, I've been at the top. Ryan's at my the, top commander, top of the hill for years and years and years. And I usually direct a bunch of different kids. Right, and I, I have one kid be the criminal, one, criminal one, another kid be <laughs> criminal two. There's a couple different narrators. Um, I take turns. I, right. I I help pretend to hammer them onto the crosses. Um, there's the high priest or the chief priest. Yeah. Um, I've been all the different there's parts. There's a bunch of different parts. Yeah. So we're at this year and we're very short staffed. Very short staffed. And, uh, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> what are we going to do? I go, and Ryan's not like, a problem. Yeah, well, I, I'll handle it. <laughs> so at one point, Ryan was doing three different parts, but but I don't like to, I, I like to have a, a like a 4D experience for these kids because they're blindfolded so they can't see what's going on. But I don't like to just read every part from the same position and in the same voice. They're like, "Oh, that's just Ryan. That's the guy that's been singing all weekend." So I put on different voices and I run around them. So like the 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 criminals would be on the right and left of them. The chief priests would probably be in the front of them. So I, I go out in front of them and I'm like, "Say these lines." Uh, what, what's the first line? Uh, uh, you, you saved others and you cannot even save yourself. And then I run over quietly as possible. And then I go to their left and I go like, I, I go quiet. <laughs> but you have to, to set the scene here is I'm like down a little ways. 
And I know Ryan's going to do all the voices. And I'm thinking, like, he's just going to read them. It's fine. And he's so I'm watching him, and he starts on one side, and then he has to do this, like, penguin shuffle because there's, like, there's like gravel on the ground. He doesn't want to sound like gravel <laughs> rustling around. So he's, like, tiptoeing around to the other side so he can do this other line. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And, like... And of course, then the other, the other people around you are laughing. And uh, I tell them, I, I was like, hey, they can't see what's going on. So as long as the audio as, is as professional as possible, um, you know, we're going to give them the experience. So, yeah. you know, it looks super silly and funny to us. But again, it these kids, out. it worked. You know, these kids had a really emotional but experience. It was super funny. It was really funny to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the latest... I think one of our latest antics that we, uh, it wasn't even really an antic. It was just something, it was like, almost, it's almost kind of embarrassing. Sure. So probably. we went on a leadership retreat. Uh, we go on one every year. We're, uh, the, we talk about it all the time. We go on the SAW retreat, and then there's a junior high one as well that we go on called Camp Big Deal. And uh, there's, we, had this, we were at this new awesome uh, location. It was like at a boarding school, tons of rooms and available stuff. And the director goes like, okay, guys, like, there's room for everyone to have their own room for the first time in years. Like you don't have to share. Everyone can have their. All the adults can have their own room. And uh, right, we're like, we're like, can we share? <laughs> can we? Can we be this? Can we be roommates? Is there one with two beds? And they're like, why? Well, well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just I feel like we need we have each other's support. Yeah. Best and friends. honestly. We'll talk about it later, but like on this retreat, it worked out that we were together because we needed it. We needed each other's support for a lot of stuff on the retreat. We I did. Feel. So, but it was everyone was giving us a hard time the whole weekend. They're like, "Oh, well, these roommates over here." We talked about it in our other podcast, friendship and community. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's three days or four, three or four three or four nights that we're sleeping and over, and it's just time to grow and bond together. We've been rooming together on retreats for like five years now. Yeah, it would so, feel it would feel weird otherwise. So if you want to book us for your retreat to come help out, you only we only need one room. One room. room. <laughs> we got two it. Two beds. Up, two please. beds, please. please. Uh, <laughs> Ryan doesn't want to have to sleep on the floor. Uh, so that was super funny, uh, and uh, and yeah. So but anyway, so let's uh let's dive into what we we're going to talk about today because I we want to help people that are listening to, uh, you know, see what it takes to make a really great retreat or just. You know, and some of these tips and stuff don't just go for retreats. They go for overall activities, things that you're doing with your faith, just right. trying to help people connect. We've already talked about what preparation, preparation and culture. We're we about two culture. Big those things. those are two things that are uh, you know for the retreat, but that's for your entire youth ministry as well. It's for sure. whatever you're it working be with on. Whatever, you're, whatever on. you're working on, make sure that your culture is right and that you prepare and that you uh, you set the tone. So let's dive into your expertise a little bit because you've done, uh, like I said, we have very different perspectives on retreats because you've kind of come in as a talent and as music, whereas I've mostly just done directing and leading the retreat. Sure. So tell me about your approach for music on retreats. Uh, you know, I know that mostly your experience is in uh, high school leadership retreats or high school retreats. So tell me about what goes into that when you're preparing and stuff. Yeah, you know, my approach now is much different than when I first got asked to do a retreat mm, 10 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. I was still growing as a musician, but mostly growing as a uh, follower of Christ, a person of faith, uh, growing in my theology and having any clue on what would make a good musical experience on a retreat. So I would I came in uh, with a couple of friends and we played like all secular songs that had that didn't even have anything to do like sometimes you can take a secular song that has some sort of double meaning like th these were not those songs it was nonsense um the kids 
They're like, cool. They're like, cool. Thanks for the show. Thanks for your concert, you know? Um, And then uh, as as we, 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 thankfully, we kept getting asked back. um, And we started to understand what made a good musical experience. And we started changing the secular songs to appropriate Christian or Catholic songs. And... It evolved, and and thankfully, again, we got we kept getting asked back. We got the opportunity to grow, but now my my um, what I aim to do when I go play music at a retreat is um, well, depending on what the day is called for. But usually, the it goes like this: like there's just praise and worship in the morning. There's there's probably praise and worship in the evening. Um, there's often adoration, and those are going to be much different. Uh, types of music that you play. So in the morning, we want to get them pumped up. We want to get them excited. We want to get them passionate about what's going to happen for the day. So I usually just have mostly upbeat songs, all all Christian songs, Catholic songs. This is the opportunity that you can do Christian songs because for me, I play a lot of uh, mass every single week, and those right. are strictly Catholic songs. Well, let me just to, to interrupt on on that. With how important is it for like when you're talking about those upbeat songs that kind of gets the kids engaged? How important is it to have songs where they can be engaged? Because like we obviously the the struggle I think sometimes is when does it like is it? It's not a concert. It's worship, right? Exactly, and that was tough for me because I've always been concert-minded of like yeah, performance. Pe- performance. Yeah. People just chilling and watching and just being like, "Wow, that sounds good. That's great." Mm-hmm. But like, you want to get these kids engaged. Right. So at minimum, I like to have lyrics behind me so they can sing along, um, and they can start to, you know, sometimes it's hard to hear what I'm singing, but now they can see it visually. Oh yeah. You know, they feel uh, more confident if they know the words. Right. But then you, t- you can take it to the next level and you can start a lot of songs already have built in hand motions, you know, like trading my sorrows. Everybody knows trading my sorrows, all the yes, Lord, yes, Lord stuff. Um, I, we talked about this in the lab, last podcast, but I've played that song 3 million times and I'm over it. But a lot of kids, it might be their first time or they're still hyped about it. So I still do it. And kids are still hyped. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, But I find creative ways to take other songs, new songs that don't have hand motions and we create them again. This is high school, middle school. They're still they still dig it. Even college kids, they dig it. If you if you can sell it as an artist, if you're excited about it, they'll be excited about it. Right. Right. So I create things for them to do. one thing that I like to do is, I haven't done it in a bit, but I'm, I'm going to try to get back on it, is create uh, secular songs, but then change the words. I call them Catholic parody songs. Yep. So I would take, um, for the, the probably the most popular one I did was uh, Shut Up and Dance. Yeah, Stand Up and Follow Me, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we changed it to Stand Up and Follow Me. And so the kids know these songs, and they're popular rock songs or pop songs, but now all of a sudden there's a twist on it, and it's Catholic words. So anyways... All different engaging ways to get them hyped up in the morning, to get them ready to go for their day. Um, I usually throw in one slow song. That's that's a good format. Is like four, three or four fast songs, one slow song, and then end on a fast song. Um, and then you know you save all your your big emotional songs for adoration or some the sort more of prayerful times, the more prayerful yeah. times that you have. Uh, so th- going from my uh, original just secular songs. 10, 15 years ago. Watch me play. Watch me play yeah. to where I am now is a complete transformation. But it's taken a lot of time and a lot of growth to get me to that point. Absolutely, because I've watched on retreat the you know different things where, where music can be a really engaging portion of the retreat and really be something that, that touches people. 
um, and, and helps them with that encounter that we've been talking about. Um, yeah, music speaks to people in ways often that words can't. Yeah, even if it's just them getting up there and being silly or whatever, but even the when you, uh, you know, I've noticed in particular, like, I just on a few of the streets we've been on, it hasn't really been Ryan Klaus, but you've involved the other leaders that are musicians and even teens that are on the retreat to come up and share their voice in the music. And it's kind of become a, going back to what we talked about, a community experience on this retreat, but still geared towards the worship of uh, with the music. Exactly. And it, I think it helps break down walls. And that's an important thing because a lot of these kids come up and maybe they're not best friends with the people in their groups or, or they kind of know people through the confirmation process, but they're, mm. they're not super close. Um, but kind of making them be silly and showing them that I can be silly up there and that all the leaders we're joining together and we're all being silly together. Right. It breaks down those barriers and they feel that this is a safe space that we can continue uh, on this retreat together. Well, something that I, I, I it kind of goes, it's a long time, but it's also funny. And it's something that I will, I always thought I, I uh, commend you for is there's that, uh, that goofy, what is it called? Uh, the father Abraham song. Yeah. Remember that? And you always make me get up and dance around, but I remember the first time you were going to do it at a high school retreat, everyone was like, no, you can't. Like, that's a that's a little kid song. You can't do it. And you were like, yeah, I'm doing it. Like, let's see what happens. And it ended up being, like, so awesome. And, like, they were like, well, this is wild. And they went, the, the, the teens went crazy. Exactly. And it ended up being so fun. And, and like you said, it, it opened up that comfortability uh, because then I think like right after you did like Lord I need you and right. then they were willing to sing and, and engage and, and worship Christ you, but you flip in that moment but it was I was always like I was like heck yeah Ryan like we just stick to your guns and be like no we're I want to try this and let's see what happens and, and it ended up being awesome yeah and that shows uh, you know strong leadership if you if you can sell being silly the kids will follow suit if if you are uh, if you can flip and do Lord, I need you and be super serious, the kids will flip with you. Right. But if you're wishy-washy about anything, the kids aren't going to buy it. Yeah. You have to, you have to, they have to believe you believe what you're saying. Exactly. And if we're up there being ministers, we should believe what we're saying. Exactly. And what we're doing. Um, oh yeah. Awesome. 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 So uh, the other thing that I want to talk about, this goes with both music and, um, something I know that you and I both are big sticklers on is creating an environment on a retreat. Um, and, and not just on a retreat, I mean, I think it comes with youth nights, with mass, with whatever, creating an environment that is uh, engaging and setting the tone for what you're trying to do is super important. Um, I know, like, if you have, the, we talked about the guitar thing earlier the in the last part, part one, but if you do have the means to do it, like, put put some uh, some money and some effort into your ambiance your your lighting your uh the lighting goes a long way your music your whatever like it, making people making it feel like a, like a like a big like deal a sacred space you're, yeah. you're entering into a sacred space or an activity space if you have multiple rooms set, set up the rooms and designate certain spaces if it's just one main room which a lot of retreats do um you know, maybe maybe quadrant off areas or just however however you can facilitate to create an atmosphere for these kids. And that was the word I was looking for, an atmosphere. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing is I know that like a lot of the times like for me, our, my lighting setup is pretty extravagant. <laughs> um, but and it's really only used for like on my weekend retreat. It's only used like, I don't know, maybe 
a total of five hours of the 48 hour retreat right, because it's you know you can only use it at nighttime yeah and but and but like and like there's there's so many times i think and i've talked to people be like i'm not bringing all that stuff up to set up like they'll it'll be fine and i i always think like man like it makes a huge difference the way that you set things up and, and, and the ambiance and environment that you create. Like, so yeah, it's a pain in the butt to drag those things up there and set them up when they're only going to be used for, you know, but 25%, but put in that effort in because effort. it makes a big difference. Right. Bring up little, little votives, little candles that you can set up, um, tablecloths or, or, uh, linens to set over. Like again, yeah, a lot present, of these presentation is important. A lot of these retreat centers are just like a bare room with nothing on the walls mm -hmm. And it's your job to set that room up for your, to suit your needs. Absolutely. And even it's, it's, if you create the, the environment that you want, it'll help the teens to kind of get them in the space that you want them to be in. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a nice, uh, you know, uh, mood lit room and you have your candles and, and maybe, maybe you have an altar cloth on, on the table or whatever, and you invite them in. When they come in, they're, they're not going to be chattering and going crazy and goofing off because the room is now different. And that's the other thing is make the room different for depending on the activities that you're doing. It, it, uh, sometimes on retreat, we are stuck in the same room the whole time. But work in a way, even if it's subtle little ways, to make it different when the activity changes. Because the last thing you want is like to have it be battle of the sexes and then adorations in the same room and they don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So like, and then that comes down to planning. So maybe you put a break in where they go out, they go out and have a snack. They go outside, they're eating in that time. You completely transform the, the room yeah. for the next activity. And then they come back. And when this, this is, uh, the next thing is setting the tone. So when these kids come back into the room, maybe they're all riled up from eating or whatever. Uh, but you're, you have to go outside and say, all right, everyone, we're going back into the room to do X or Y, but you have to intro that in the right way. So if you're going to come into a prayer activity, they're not going to come running in, screaming and yelling so that you, you let them know they're going to come in in a prayerful mood and mindset. Something that I didn't do for a long time and now I literally put it in my schedule is, is transitional intros on your retreat. When you're changing activities or moving into a different activity, have somebody that you, that, can intro and transition the activity. Don't just be like, okay, come on in guys. And now, uh, all right, we're going to do prayer. So everyone just kind of get ready for that. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen it before. And I think the biggest, like adoration should be one of the pinnacle moments, unless you have mass, uh, one of the pinnacle moments at mm -hmm. the retreat. And I've seen a yeah. lot of people just be like, all right guys, we're going to come in and we're going to do adoration. So, so Jesus will be here in a minute. So just kind of uh, ready, make, set, go make a way for him. <laughs> and everyone's like, half the kids are like, what's adoration? I have yeah. no idea. And the other kids are like, Oh, well, this doesn't seem that important. And yeah. then, you know, the, the opportunity for the biggest moment of the retreat is now completely ruined. Even if you set up the room and the music is phenomenal and, you know, all the other things are great. If you didn't intro that right, game over. Game over. Absolutely. And, and I, that's where it comes back to what we were talking about in the last episode is don't be afraid to share your faith. You know what adoration is if you're leading the, hopefully, if you're leading this Catholic retreat. So share your thoughts and love for it then the teens will understand and know what's going on, or at least tr start to. Let's talk about adoration. Let's talk, because we were talking about music, uh -huh. uh, uh, what makes a great praise and worship session, uh -huh. and um, what makes music great at adoration. Now, we, I think I talked, I mentioned this briefly before, but music, especially when it's a prayerful moment at mass or adoration or some sort of prayer service, is not about me. 
Right. Music is not about my band. Music is not about my talents. It's not about my voice. It's not about any of that. It's about elevating God in that moment in adoration. Absolutely. It's about bringing the kids closer to Christ and using music as the medium to do so. Right. So it's just an avenue for that encounter we've been talking say about. Say we have an hour time slot for adoration. That does not mean it's an hour of music. Um, mm-hmm. Even though maybe I have an hour's worth of phenomenal songs that will help bring kids so, so close and, and, and help them move, move in that moment, it's okay. We can play those songs another time. What I like to do is, as they're coming in, play a song. And I, I actually have these, these, these backing tracks that have sort of like just sort of meditative tones that mm-hmm. kind of play throughout just really subtly. But then I'll just let silence just kind of sit for a few minutes. Right. Um, and then move into a next song. I'll do like bits of songs. I'll transition from one to the next and then I'll have more silence. And say I had like three more songs planned and they're like, we're going to wrap it. I go, that's fine. We're done. You know, um, right? Because it goes back to it's not a show. It's not a show. You're just providing uh, that ambiance and that and that uh, avenue to help these teens worship and right. adore. But as as the musician too, I try to plan. Uh, so I, I basically have like 15 songs that I can play at any given moment, and I try to like gauge on how the room is in any given moment, and. I'll be like, you know what, this song I was going to do, but I'm going to move past that because I need to play this song right now. And it, it, go ahead. This is, this just came into my brain. Um, I know we're talking about retreats and stuff like that, but like, I've always thought that like, I I look at, especially like at Holy Cross, um, Holy Thursday is the big day for adoration. And I always feel like, like it could be done in such a really, like in, in such a cool, like we're talking about this, this is not just for retreats. And I've always wondered like, what, how cool would it be to like expose maybe people that have never been on a youth retreat or things like that, like to this form of adoration and prayer, you know, like, like yeah, where they can adore and, and be with God in that moment of, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's just something that I've always thought about. That's a great idea. Um, Comment in if your church does something like that. Yeah, I know a lot of churches that do like processions and stuff, and to and leave out the, the monstrance and things but like, like that. With music and but and, I'm talking and, about like yeah. like schedule it out to like make it, make it a time where like guys we're gonna have, live praise and worship music, the blessed sacrament out for everyone to see. You set up nice lighting and you make it like a really beautiful experience for people to come and adore Christ in that, that holy day of Holy Thursday. Uh, which is a lot of the time the only time some people even go to adoration, you know, like right. um, just just uh, it came into my my head right now when we were talking about adoration on retreats and stuff. Yeah, we I mean we're gonna get into this in our in our Holy Week talk, but yeah, make those days super powerful because a lot of those people that's the only time they go to church or maybe the only time they go to adoration. Right, and and that goes for the same with these retreats. That might be the only time this teen even ever goes to adoration, and you want to hopefully, by this incredible experience, they they realize how important that adoration is. Exactly. Um, okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So to go back to that, it's it's about your setup, and your your ambiance and what you're creating, and creating an environment that helps the teens to or whoever. I keep saying teens because that's my that's my mo, but whoever's on your retreat 
you're creating the best environment for them to encounter Christ. Um, something that, that I really am passionate about that I want to touch on is a lot of times, though, people make the retreat uh, in their program the biggest thing. And you know what? It is the biggest thing a lot of the times. You put in the most work to your retreat. Well, I mean, like confirmation. Confirmation, <laughs> obviously, but like, but in their preparation. Sure. The retreat is this big, huge thing, and they go away for the weekend, and it's this, oh, it changed my life, and hooray, and it's great. But I think a lot of times, like, people don't capitalize on that, or they make it like, oh, like, the retreat is done. Like, thank goodness. And then, like, we can kind of, like, check out. We just coast. We're on... We're on, uh, we're all like senioritis yeah. at this point. Yeah. Cruise control. Yep. Um, and I think that like the retreat is great and the retreat is awesome, but the retreat is one weekend. And I feel like now I'm belittling the whole episode is talking about how important the retreats and like, yes, amen. The retreats are important and they awesome and they, they're great avenues to encounter Christ, but they are just one week or one weekend. Can I touch on before you continue yeah. on that? Can I touch on the full weekend experience? Mm-hmm. You know, your retreat, they get up there pretty early Friday. Uh, like, yeah, like well, the, three kids, or four. Kids got to go to school, but then you stay for a good chunk of Sunday. And that, and then they, they it ends at mass at like a five o'clock or four o'clock mass on Sunday. Uh, I am a huge advocate for ending with mass altogether. I think that's huge. Um, I know there's been a lot of, I, I've been on a couple of retreats where like Sunday was just kind of get picked up. Right, and that's a waste of a day. Then, then can you really say it's a full weekend at that point? No, you have a you have one full day, yeah, and a evening experience on Friday. I just think like if you're gonna do this whole retreat experience and like trying to help these, you know, help people's faith and whatever else, you gotta end with mass, you know, the holy, the holy, uh, the holy mass. I think that it's so important. Right, and we do it. At my my uh, program is they come back from the retreat and like their families are all waiting for them in the, in the church and they get to process in and, and it's the mass is kind of like the, the, the beginning before mass begins is kind of all about them and welcoming them back and welcome the community. there, welcoming them back as these maybe changed souls for, you know, for God. And then all then again, we get to shift that focus right back to Jesus for that right. mass. And yeah. It's I mean, really, it's cool. beautiful. And then at that point you've used the entire weekend and yes, you have made it a full Beautiful. Yeah. It's a three day experience. It's a three day sure. experience. You well, know? it's a four day experience for me because uh, we do a follow up the next day. And so that that goes into what you're talking about is don't finish on Sunday and be like, all right, we're done. I'm taking a three week vacation. Yeah, I, no, uh, I you, you got to follow up. Yeah, because you can't make the retreat ultimate because what's ultimate is is Jesus. Jesus is ultimate and them having this that love for Christ in their life. Always. And if you do take a break, if if you finish the retreat and you're like, all right, kids, we're going to take this week off because we, we did so much at the retreat. We're going to give you a break. We're going to come back. We do have to finish our classes. But you know what that does? That sets the tone for when they get confirmed that this is a graduation, that this is the end. The retreat was kind of the end of our confirmation process. So that when you get confirmed, that's the end of getting conf- of confirmation and then you don't have to do anything else. Well, you just don't want, I, I, I always tell my leadership team is, don't elevate the retreat above Jesus being in your life every single day, right? Like being with God and being that close to Christ is not a one-time experience or a once-a-year experience with this retreat. 
being with God and having him in your life is a choice that you make every single day. Heck yeah, is it a lot easier when you're on the retreat? Obviously. It's heck of a lot easier. But the point of a retreat is to, I always tell how I see retreats, especially confirmation retreats, is kind of just a spark that starts your, starts your really like, wow, like this was awesome. You know, then you want to go out and, and make that, that feeling of, I want to feel like I felt on the retreat every single day. And if you just kind of check out and go, ah, well, the retreat was awesome. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it sticks. Like, I think that as youth ministers and as people involved in youth ministry and as people that are doing retreats in any capacity, the day the retreat ends is when the hard work really begins. All right, so we're talking about the hard work that we can put in after the retreat is done or before it begins. Right. And I was thinking, like, you know, it's it's difficult to plan a retreat. There's a lot of planning that goes in. We talked about the planning that, that we have to do. Right. Um, there's a lot of extra activities that happen. But we often put in so much of ourselves to that retreat. We have we're, we come up, we're excited, we're, we're on fire. The kids are on fire, the peer leaders are on fire, the adults and everything. But what if we put that energy and that love and that care and that devotion into the entire confirmation year? You know, what kind of precedence would or we just, set? Or just our whole faith as in general. Uh, amen, brother. Like not, you know, like it, what if we treated every single day like we wanted to help people encounter Christ the same way we do when we're on a retreat? What, if, what if every practice that I had for, for, for mass, I had just with like extreme passion. Yeah. When, I, when I play at mass, I'm on. You know, sometimes we show up to practice and we're like, all right, guys, here we go. Oh, and I'm guilty of that with how many youth nights have I just kind of checked out. Mm -hmm. But if I treated every youth ministry like the opportunity to inspire teens the same way that it does on a retreat, like think of how awesome it would be. You know, if we treated every mass like it was the Easter vigil. Exactly. You know, how awesome would we, you know, because it's the same Jesus that's there every single time. You know, the same miracle, the same beauty of the Eucharist happens every single mass. The same opportunity for to encounter these teens and show them Jesus is there. The same opportunity to grow in music is there every practice. So I think that that's what it comes down to is, is not making the retreat ultimate above everything else. The opportunity, yeah, is it easier on a retreat? Sure. But the opportunity to give Christ and show Christ to this world is there in all that we do. Absolutely. Know? But, um, so let's talk about this real quick. Um, what about parishes or places that don't have the means, like they don't have the money to budget a, a musician or they don't have the production value or, or whatever? Right. They got that $75 guitar from Costco. Yeah. What, 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 what would they do here? Right. Um, you have to be creative mm-hmm. and you have to lean on volunteers. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say is don't be afraid to go out and invite people to help. Inviting people to help is key. A lot, we talked about that on a previous episode. A lot of people don't know that they're needed. Yeah. You know, some or people they, might or they want an invitation. They want an invitation, right? Um, so go out and find a musician. Find some. I was a volunteer for the first right. many years yeah. on retreats, um, and I wasn't great. But I got better. Uh, I could have used a little bit more molding. I didn't really have much guidance. So make sure you find a volunteer and then say, here's what we need you to do. Let me help shape. I'm, I don't, I'm not a musician, so I'm not going to tell you how to play your instrument. But, like, here's what we're looking for. And then they can help you when you're finished. You know, here's oh. what we liked. Here's what we can help improve I, on. Absolutely. Even if it's, like, the, the I need someone to take pictures on the retreat mm-hmm. like or, or whatever. Like, the, there's people, get out in your parishes and and 
talk to people and invite them to use their talents to help benefit you know your retreats there are so many talents out there yeah. in your parish you got to find them and be creative maybe somebody's great at art and they can help design posters for your walls maybe yeah you know maybe somebody is a great speaker and they can come give talks maybe somebody is uh, a nurse and you need a nurse for your retreat nurses you gotta have a nurse you gotta know? have a nurse um but there's there's people that can help your retreat that will gladly volunteer you know and that's going to help elevate your retreat. It's going to help your parish in general. It helps are, that community. It helps the community grow. People are going to want to come to your church. I know people come to your your youth ministry um, from parishes all over because it's so good. And that is only going to help the church grow. That's going to help the church financially. Then you're going to start having money and you can start affording to pay either the volunteer musician that has been playing for you. Or if he moved on, uh, then you could start and you can reach out to a musician that you can that you can purchase at that point. And, yeah, or, and, you, or you can purchase the candles or the lights, or the lights or the and everything right need. yeah so step your game up with volunteers but keep always striving to improve don't think that what you have right now is perfect it might be great but you can always strive for something better so keep reaching for improvement for growth we talked about that in a previous mm -hmm. episode never settle and you're you're retreat your confirmation program your church in general you as a person yeah. is going to keep elevating and improving and on that note of improving is every retreat i do i do an evaluation where i have the teens uh that you know i fill out did what what worked and what didn't or what did what did you like and what did you not like and i take them very seriously because i want to put on the best retreat i can because i want more people to love god um the way that the way that i do and the way that i know that there's the 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 uh, that people do in the way that he's calling us to love him. Um, so yeah, so so take your confirmation retreat seriously. Put hard work into it. Yeah. We talked about a lot of things in these two episodes, but you got to prepare. Let's let's run through these topics. We talked about preparation. Preparation. We talked about culture. Culture. Uh, environment. Environment. Music. Setting the tone. Music. Yeah. Uh, transitioning. And There's these, so many things. I mean, these are just a few, a handful of things that we came up with on the top of our heads right now. Yeah. You know, we could go on for six more episodes probably. At least, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, you, I mean, if you want to hear more, you can feel free to book the two of us. We would gladly come to your church to help lead a retreat with you mm -hmm. or just to come for a day and help discuss how you can improve your particular parish's ministry, your, yeah. your confirmation program. We, uh, we, we'd love, we can help train, train peer leaders, train teams to help do retreats, things like that, whatever, whatever is needed. Or... If you have questions about retreat or more in-depth stuff, shoot us an email. We would love to get back to you and, and further discuss and help out. We can come lead music and lead talks on your specific retreats or just your confirmation or youth nights or whatever. So, again, reach out to us at twocatholicdudes at gmail.com. Uh, again, Find us on all of our social media accounts. We really, really appreciate the support. Um, keep spreading and sharing all of yeah. our channels with uh, your friends and family for us. That would yeah. help us out incredibly. Absolutely. And in the comments for this episode, write down something that your favorite thing that happened on a retreat, something maybe it was really great or even something that was super funny or a prank that went too far. Yeah, sure. Uh, we talked about so many things. So share about, yeah, pranks, Whatever. funny things. Share yeah. what, what helps make your retreat great. Um, just keep the conversation going. We appreciate seeing those comments. We love replying back to them and we want to keep And because we don't know it all. You know, we, we, we don't know everything that makes a good retreat. We're just sharing our experiences. So maybe you have a great idea for a retreat. Throw it in the comments and somebody watching and see that and go, oh, wow, that's a great idea. Um, you know, there's 
so there's there's so many ways that we can help help each other. Exactly. So yeah. All right. So that's a double episode right there. You got all kind of tips on how to make your retreats better, how to make them great. Let's make these confirmation experiences great for these kids because these kids are, are our future for the church. We want to help them grow. We want to make uh, we want to make them engaged in everything that they do in yes. this church. And uh, we, we want, want the be church to be alive. We want the church to be alive and, and, and continue to grow and continue to be alive. Amen. So we have to reach out to those young people. Cool. Fantastic. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will see you next time, next week. Another episode, Two Catholic Dudes. Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Peace out. God bless. Peace.